Happy Easter. It's an exciting Sunday. Well, I do have a couple of announcements. Um, I do have, next Sunday. We it's exciting. We are going to have Gary Back come in and speak. Yes, it's exciting. He's a missionary to um, to Mexico. He brings a good word. I guarantee you'll be blessed. So definitely, you want to be here next Sunday during our morning service. Um, it's going to be an exciting time. <laughs> Ladies, we have our Mother's Day brunch coming next month. Yes, it will be... Oh, come on, you can do better than that. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) It will be Saturday, May 14th. Um, It will be at 11 a.m. It will be a catered brunch. And we also are going to be creating a craft together. It'll be $20, which includes your lunch and it includes all the materials. We will have more details to come. We will have tickets starting next Sunday. Um, But it's going to be an exciting time, a blessing. I encourage you to invite... I'm hoping we still can do the tents, <laughs> even though we had an accident with our tent. <laughs> I'm hoping. If not, bring your hats and, sun- and sunglasses. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but, yes, it'll be an exciting time. Well, that's it for my announcements. I wish everyone an amazing day, Resurrection Day. <sighs> Have an amazing Sunday. <laughs> Yes, we did have a little bit of a hiccup with our, our we, have, we have two wedding tents. We actually have a 40-footer, 20 by 40, and a 20 by 20. Well, we left up the 20 by 20 for the, uh, on Friday night. We took down the 20 by 40. Thank you, Jesus. And, uh, but uh, I forgot to anchor the east end. I anchored the west end because I thought the wind would be blowing this way. But we have a unique wind. And it just, it just whipped around and lifted that whole 20 by 20 and just mangled it all up there. So I cleaned it all up last night and uh, praise the Lord. We got a few little dings and dents and things that we may have to modify, but we can fix it. We got a lot of handy guys in our church that can do some things there. So, uh, and I, and I, you know, we, you know, believe it or not, we have our own Brad thing that we do so we can fix the tarps and put our own grommets in and all that kind of stuff because we fix things. So... We'll have it ready for you ladies, so we'll have the 40-footer and the 20-footer. It'll all look nice, you know. Sorry we won't have it leveled and concreted for you yet, but it'll be there, okay? It'll be good. So, you know, we just thank God. You know, once again, I want to thank everybody for all that you did for Friday, and it was such a such a joy. Like I said, it's a tremendous amount of work, and, uh, you know, the soldier that was up on the stand with the sponge, that happened to be me. And uh, so, being there... And even though it really it was sunny, but it wasn't, my nose got sunburned. I tell you, it got nice and red. It's the only thing that did. I was like, hey, but uh, I, uh, I enjoy that. I enjoy sharing the story. So if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 19. And I'm going to share some things of what we shared that day. But also, I'm going to talk about the resurrection. We're going to go from the cross to the resurrection and understand what takes place. Amen. And I love talking about the resurrection. I love, this is my Probably 40, well, it's actually my, in my 43rd year, I'll complete 43 years this June of being in the ministry. But I don't know if I got to preach the first Easter in my first year. So I'm going to say this is my 42nd year of preaching Easter Sunday morning uh, uh, message. So I've been doing this at least 42 times. And I never get tired of sharing this part of the gospel because all the other gospel rests on this, this part of the gospel. You know, who cares about any other story in the Bible? Who cares about anything in the Bible if Jesus did not rise from the dead? 
if he hasn't, if he isn't risen, if he isn't alive, if he didn't pull this off, who cares what else he does? Amen. Doesn't matter. But because he pulled this off, makes everything else yes and amen. It makes all the promises of God true. If he pulled off the resurrection, then guess what? Then he can meet your need. Then he pulled off you being healed. He pulled off provision. He pulled off all the other things that he said. All of the other promises become ours. Why? Because he fulfilled this promise. Amen. And he raised us up together with him. But you know, uh, here in John chapter 19, <clears throat> we're going to begin reading at um, right here in verse 28. Jesus said, you know, there were seven things, seven sayings of the cross. So there's seven sayings that Jesus said on the cross. You can get them through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But the last three sayings, and we're going to start with this one here. And, you know, one of the things that I had, uh, Miss Nancy Copps was, uh, you know, helping me. And so she, we were, had a great time. We finally figured out how to ad lib and do some things really good after the 30 or 40th time doing it yesterday. You know, they kind of got it. But one of the things, the questions that she asked when people say, why does it make Good Friday good? Because how many know Good Friday was not good for Jesus? He was beaten. I mean, he was ridiculed. He was spit on. He was slapped. He had a crown of thorns thrown on him. I mean, he was hanging on a cross. It was not a Good Friday for him, but it was a great Friday for you and I. Because he did all of that for you and I. Amen. All of the things he did was to fulfill scripture, but also was to fulfill. He took upon him our sin. He took upon him our sickness. He took upon him our curse. Everything that we deserved, he took so that we could get everything that he deserved. Amen? But I want to talk about these last three things. And the reason I want to talk about it, because it's so unique, because here in verse 28, it says that after this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished that the scripture might be fulfilled, he said, I thirst. And now there was set a vessel of vinegar and they filled a sponge with vinegar and they put it upon hyssop and they put it to his, up to his mouth. And when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. Amen. He said, it is finished. He bowed and he gave up the ghost. And we all know that the Bible says that right then the earth began to shake. And the skies became black. The the veil in the temple was ripped from top to bottom. Hallelujah. Which people don't really understand that because the glory of God was shut up in the Holy of Holies there. And that curtain was, you know, Josephus, a Jewish historian, said this, that that curtain was six inches thick. It was 25 feet tall. And I forget how long it was. But so a big old angel came down and just ripped that sucker from top to bottom. Hallelujah. And the glory of God left there. And the glory of God, hallelujah, came to us on the day of Pentecost. Amen. And it came to us because of the church age and what God began to do. But, you know, when he said it is finished, that's a very, very unique word. In the, in the Greek language. It's a very, very unique word. It actually has four incredible meanings. And I, I want to share those meanings with you and, and then take you into why the resurrection takes place. Because my title this morning is The Greatest Victory Ever. Or The Greatest Victory. This was the greatest victory ever. You're not going to ever have any other greater victory than what took place here on the cross. When Jesus said, it is finished, glory to God, that word, and I'm not going to try, I'm going to pronounce it one time and I'm not going to say it again because I'll mess it all up and I'm not a Greek scholar, but it is tetelestai, okay, T-E-T, all right, E-L, 
S-T-A-I. So you pronounce it however you agree. You know, all you fancy English guys, okay? But it's Greek, so you don't know how it is anyways. <laughs> Tell us that, okay? Hallelujah. But the wonderful thing about that is, is the, one of the meanings of this, one of the meanings, which is so cool, it's about a meaning when you, somebody would say this, it's when a servant who was sent on a mission, when he would come back and tell his master, he would say that, and when he would say, tell us that, he'd say, hey, guess what? Mission is accomplished. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. He said, I got it. Everything is done. It was done, and it actually says it was done exactly the way you wanted it to be done. Amen? How many know Jesus finished and he accomplished everything that he needed to do? But what did he finish? What what did he finish when he said, it is finished? Yeah, exactly. All of it. All the things that he did. But the biggest thing that that it was finished was that, hey, the Old Testament was finished and the New Testament had begun. But also, it was finished. He had paid the price. It was finished. God's plan God's purpose it was finished because this word also is the word of what the high priest would say when he would present the sacrificial lamb every year when he would do all that and he would present the lamb for the whole sins of the Israeli people for that year he would present it he would say this same word it is finished he would say this exact same word for that because what he was doing he was saying hey Here it is. Here it is. This is so that our sins will be covered. Aren't you glad your sins are forgiven and not covered? Hallelujah. Your sins are forgiven. They get washed white as snow. No more guilt. No more sorrow. Hallelujah. You can be free from all of that junk and all the... Because this was a complete sacrifice. And aren't you glad Jesus said it is finished. No more sacrifices have to be made. I'm, I'm so glad that he went into the heavenly holies of holies and he presented his blood. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. It was the ultimate sacrifice. But the third thing that this word means, and I'm going through these very quickly because I want to get into the resurrection. Sunday's coming. We're on Friday right now. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. But here's the thing about it is that the next thing about this word, and this this blesses me too so much, because in the secular sense of the word, uh, of this word, it simply means that he paid your debt in full. He paid all that you owed, and you owed everything. Amen? It was fully paid off. It was fully done. You know, how many of you know that when people have, you know, they get their mortgages paid off, they usually have a mortgage burning party, things like that. They don't actually burn the right, the real paper. They just burn something else because they want to keep that paper. And, uh, you know, hopefully you didn't do that and mess up. But anyways... Uh, you know, he, what happened is, is that it doesn't matter. He paid the price for sin. He paid the price for it, and he paid it in full so that you don't ever have to pay for it anymore. In fact, even when you mess up today, even when you mess up now, you can ask for forgiveness because Jesus' blood paid the price for even what you're going to do today and tomorrow. But it doesn't mean you don't have to ask for forgiveness. Amen. We have to, he took our place. He paid the debt that we didn't know, praise God. And so when we, by faith, repent, when we, by faith, take hold of this, it changes everything. See, that's the thing that I find out about people who don't know that Christ's victory was our victory. They walk around defeated. They walk around thinking, man, I got to get the victory. I got to try to get it. Listen, you live from victory. See, you're not the challenger trying to get the crown. You're not trying to get something. 
Jesus raised you up together with Christ. Jesus died. He paid the price. He made it so that all of us, all the whole human race, he died for all of the ungodly, amen, which we all qualified. Don't care how nice you think you are. Hallelujah. We all qualify, all right? We all, you know, have, you know we've all messed up. We all did it. But thank God he did it. And he paid the price for us. So that we don't have to pay that price anymore. Thank God it wiped out all of the sin. Hallelujah. That could ever be that. God said it's satisfied. It's finished. It's ours. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. So when Jesus, and the fourth thing is when he shouted, it is finished, the Old Testament was done, but the New Testament began and all of the promises of God are ratified because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We thank God for his amazing grace. So, you know, when I stood up there and I'm that soldier and I'm teaching the story and I'm sharing about what's going on, there's something, you know, supernatural. Because people ask, well, why did he have the vinegar with that? That was to fulfill scripture. That they gave him a bitter drink before he died. And, and what happened? So he knew that. Jesus said, because, you know, we just read here that Jesus said when he knew that all things were done, he had fulfilled all things. He said, okay, there's just a couple more things we need to do. I got to do this and this. I got to say three more things. One, I got to say, I thirst. Then he's got to say, you know, it is finished. And then he's got to say, Father, into your hand, I commend my spirit. And then he gave up the ghost. Boom. Amen. Those are the last three things that he said. Because he said, that has to fulfill. And he fulfilled every scripture. He said, it is finished. And if you understand about the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, it sets you free. See, because so many other people, when they don't know that, they don't know what Jesus did, they're all trying to stay saved. See, once you get born again, and once you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you truly get to know him, hallelujah, it changes everything. You don't ever want to walk away. See, Paul said this. Paul said this. I only want to know two things. I want to know him, and I want to know the power of his resurrection. Paul said, that's all I want to do. There's two things in his whole life. He said, I want to know him and I want to know the power of his resurrection. Well, if Paul said he wants to know him, oh, praise God. But he said, not only do I want to know him, but I want to know his power. I want to know about that. Because the greatest power that God did was when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. Amen? That's what the Bible says. The greatest, hallelujah. You know, even when God kicked Satan out of heaven, the Bible says it only took his finger. And I believe it was a little finger. Just, uh, you know, little gnat, you know. See, because if we don't understand the identification with the crucifixion of what took place on the cross, then we won't understand Saturday. And then when Sunday comes, we'll be like, okay, we got an empty tomb. Jesus was raised from the dead. Well, how does that affect me? It affects us so greatly. Because without him raising from the dead, we cannot be raised from the dead. Amen? And the Bible says when he was raised up, God raised us up together with him, signifying where we seat and where we're seated. Amen? Hallelujah. But we've got to identify with the crucifixion to understand glory to God. Jesus paid the price when he said, it is finished. Hallelujah. I no longer am bound by the law, by the law of sin and death. Amen? Because the law you know, of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. What was the law of sin and death? It was the curse of the earth. It was that we had to deal with all the things of Adam's fall. Thank God Jesus redeemed back to us all that Adam lost. Amen? 
You know, because Adam was alive unto God. It was imperfect. It was great until Adam and Eve sinned. And when they sinned, they lost all that. But Jesus Christ got it all back for you and I. Amen. Now, he didn't take us out of here. We're still in this crazy, sinful world. And if you don't know, folks, the world's kind of crazy. You understand that? Things are nuts right now. Hallelujah. Everything is. But thank God for the church. This is the most exciting time in the world. You guys are all 11th hour workers. You guys are all at the time that we get to bring back the king. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming again. That's not to scare you. Glory to God. That's to tell you the truth. But that's a rejoicing thing. You live your life in light of knowing that you're going to get to make heaven. It makes everything wonderful. It makes everything full of life. Amen. See, because you know what most people think if you talk about the crucifixion? Yeah, it's, it's just all about death. But it's not all about death. It's about Christ dying for you and I. See, it's not death to the Christian. <laughs> so I said, what do you mean it's not death to the Christian? No, glory to God. Jesus' death is all about us being united with him. It was his union. He had to die so we could be united with him. Hallelujah. It's not about death. It's about his death, but it's not about, oh, these things here. Glory to God. He had to do all these things, but it points us, glory to God, that because he died, because he was our sacrifice, he was our substitute, hallelujah, that we got union with Christ. Amen. He died so that we might live. Amen. Romans 6, 6 says this, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away so that we should no longer be in bondage to sin. Man, aren't you so glad that you don't have to do what your flesh says to do, that you don't have to succumb to the enemy, that you, know, you don't have to react when he wants you to react. Amen. Thank you for those three or four weak amens. Praise God. The Bible says in Romans 6, 14, it says, we are no longer slaves of sin. We are no longer under the bondages of sin. Amen? Because Jesus broke that power. He broke the power of the enemy. And it's an authority, and we just thank God that he gave us that authority. Because if we don't identify with the cross, and if we don't identify with Jesus' sufferings and the sins that he took upon him uh, for what all transpired on the cross and, and the way to the cross, man then we won't understand him going on, on, on Saturday. What did he do on Saturday? When was God silent? Amen? And there's been small wars fought about Saturday teachings. I mean, there's been, people have made millions on telling great stories on Saturday teaching. You know, of how Jesus went to, to hell and defeated the enemy and came down and, and all these different things. You know, everybody has a great imagination. But you have to understand, Jesus did go down and defeat the enemy on Saturday. He did go down and take the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. Because that gave him the right. Because the devil crucified him without any authority or without any, any one, you know, had any right, I should say. He did it. And he, boy, did he wish he didn't. Because you remember over in 1 Corinthians, hallelujah, uh, chapter 2, it says, had the, the prince of this world known, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Because he had the glory of God, he had the presence of God in one person. And when he did that, whoo, the glory of God came in all of you and me. And it just spread and it just got bigger and it got bigger and bigger. Hallelujah. And when the Holy Spirit came, whoa, he said, oops, oops, we want to do over. We, we want to make this thing different. This is not good, you know. But why is it so important to identify with his sin and his sufferings? Because he did all that so that you don't have to. We know the enemy attacks. 
And he does. You say, you know, because the Bible says that Jesus bore our infirmities and carried our, our, our sicknesses. Amen? Isaiah, you know, Matthew 8, 17. Also in Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 talks about uh, uh, him, you know, by his stripes that we are healed and, and, and the word of the Lord. And yet sickness tries to come. You know, I just talked about my wife who got attacked and, and she loves the journey to the cross. One, but it went home and she was just, she was sick all night long. I prayed in tongues and prayed all night long over her. Hallelujah. So she's doing great today. Hallelujah. So you lying devil, you got to go, you got to leave, you can't stay. You might try to come, but you can't stay. Hallelujah. And uh, because, you know, there's going be why? Because I know what the word of God says. I know that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. And I know that Jesus suffered all that so that I don't have to suffer those things. And no matter what anybody says, because see, you have to understand faith, faith in God, faith in his word is just the switch. See, faith turns on the power of God in your life. It turns it on. People say, well, I have faith. Well, good, then that means there should be some power there. You know, if you're on, there ought to be a little light. Some people are on, and you're like, man. I mean, you're a two watt. And when you understand that when Jesus was crucified, you were crucified. When he died, we died together with him. When we died with him we died to the dominion of sin amen we no longer have that has dominion over us we died to the dominion of disease we died to the dominion of circumstances and habits when they no longer have authority over they no longer have a right to try to cause problems in our lives thank god how do what god's word says becomes a reality in our lives amen and we identify with the resurrection that's what we wanted to get to hallelujah we want to get to the resurrection because that is where the power of God is. But let's talk about Saturday. Like I said, Saturday he did go down. He did do. The Bible says also that he went down and he preached to all those folks in Abraham's bosom who lived looking toward the promise of the cross. They had a promissory note. So they all, you know, you remember over in Luke that it talked about where there was a rich man, a certain rich man, and then there was a beggar named Lazarus. And the, and the rich man died and he went to Hades, the Bible says. And, and Lazarus died and he went to Abraham's, uh, where Abraham was. And there was this great gulf. And between Abraham and, 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 and Hades over here, and the rich man lifted up his eyes in hell, and Hades, he said, hey, Father Abraham, let Lazarus tip his finger in, in, in the water over there and bring it over here and cool my, because I'm in this place of torment. Amen? That wasn't a parable. That was a certain thing that he said about that. And what to do? So those saints from the Old Testament, the ones that live for God, the ones that are honoring God, the ones that died believing about the Messiah that was coming, you know, Abraham, the Bible says that he, he kept looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. He never found it. Everyone in the Old Testament kept serving God and doing things, and they died believing that something better was coming. Amen? And so Jesus preached to them. Can you imagine when he came down in there and said, guess what? I is he. They all said, about time. No. Don't you know there was some, I mean, they were, wow. First Peter says that because they lived after the flesh up here, but they get to live after the spirit here. Amen. Aren't you glad? Glory to God. I'm sure that there was such rejoicing because the Bible says in Ephesians chapter four that he led captivity captive. 
Hallelujah. Which means he led them all out. Glory to God. And when he rose from the dead, glory to God. In fact, it was such a powerful thing when he rose from the dead that the Bible says the graves even opened up and people that were just freshly put in, they all popped up too. Don't you know there were some crazy things going on? People running around seeing people that they thought, I thought you died last week. It's a resurrection power. Amen. Come on, if, if in the Old Testament, these guys had a, had, a, had a guy with them and he died and so they threw him down in an open grave, but they actually threw him into Elisha's grave. You remember that? And when they threw their friend down into Elisha's grave and they went to go run away, their friend jumped up and was running with them. I mean, if, if a prophet, if a dead prophet has that much power in his dead bones, how much power does Jesus have when he raised from the dead and the power and the glory of God? We look at things and we see things and we read this and we go, oh, isn't that nice? But we've got a living faith. We've got to understand why. Because we've got a living Savior. If you don't have a living, if you've got a dead Savior, you've got a dead faith. See, that's what Christianity is all about. We've got a living Savior. Hallelujah. And what he does is he changes everything about us. Amen. He made us alive. Alive. See, Jesus came so that we might have life. He didn't come to give us a bunch of do's and don'ts. Everybody's all about the do's and don'ts. Yes, we should act right. We should be holy. We should be totally different than the world. We, we, got, a, we got a manual to live by. We do. But we ought to be the most alive people in the world. See, Paul said, I might know him, but also I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. There's so many people that know about Jesus. They know of him. They know all kinds of things about him. They can tell you all kinds of stuff, but they don't know the power of the resurrection. It's called resurrection life. Changes your life forever. And people say, well, I just think that's a bunch of hype. Well, glory to God. The thing about it is it's not hype. It's life. And it's life-giving. When you know it, it's so precious. It's so wonderful. It's so amazing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And when you understand that you've been raised up together with him, and the same life that he has is the same life that you have. Amen? Now, i give you scripture on that. Romans 8, 11 says, If that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, dwells in you. What's it going to do? It's going to quicken you. It's going to make you alive. Quicken means going to make you alive. It's going to make, it's going to make these dry bones live. Hallelujah. It's going to quicken your mortal. It's going to make you alive by that same spirit. It's that resurrection power. It's what God said to do. Because he not only does it have the power to save us and thank God for salvation. Just, I mean, just take a moment right now. Just thank God for salvation that you're saved. And if you're here and you're not, glory to God, we're going to give you an opportunity. And you can right now. And if you're watching, man, that's the wonderful thing about it. It's just knowing what Jesus has done. It's so funny. I remember hearing a story. This man, you know, back, see, back in the day, if you come to church and you'd say, hey, I, I, I want to I come and join the church. They say, no, you can't join. You got to do this. You got to do this. They wouldn't let people. They said, well, I want to get saved. No, you can't get saved yet. You got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, you got to do that. We got to make sure that you want to be saved and make them work. I'd like to come to church for six weeks and you're just, I want, just want Jesus, I just want Jesus. No, no, you got to do this, you got to do that. It's like, sheesh. And then they, you know, thank God for somebody realized reading the Bible and said, you know what, I, I think we're missing it here, folks. You remember that, right? The great story, D.L. Moody said this. 
See, D.L. Moody was a very hard preacher. And, and a young man, he was over in England preaching. And, and, he, and he was, you know, this young man got saved and he was over there really excited. He was, and so D.L. Moody made this kind of, you know, as we always do when we're off. Hey, if you're ever in, in the United States, well, come by and see me. You know, hey, I'll let you preach. Well, <laughs> about four months later after that, that young man's on his doorstep. He's like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. So he said, hey, listen. He goes, well, okay, I told you. He said, so he tells everybody, he says, listen, okay, give him, give him the basement. Put him down over here in this little room because, and then tell him, tell everybody, you know, because I'm sure there's not going to be very many people, you know, what's going on, what's happening. Just, just let him down there, let him preach, you know. And so he went off to do his thing. He came back after uh, two weeks because he was off doing, he came back and he said, uh, well, you know, how did the service go with the young guy? How did he do? You know, figured he'd be there a day or two. He said, oh, no, we're, we're, we've moved. We, you know, two nights ago, we moved into the giant auditorium. <laughs> and it's packed out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Mr. Mooney said, well, what's he preaching? He said, well, he's been preaching the exact same message and the exact same thing for two weeks. But if it's preaching on the goodness of God and the love of God, that God will do it, you know. And that changed D.L. Moody's life changed his life because he realized you know what I've been making him wait and making him wait and wait and do and this guy he's just telling him Jesus loves him he's just giving scripture about how God loves you and, he, and he's getting them all saved and then God's changing them I'm trying to clean them before I catch them and that's a hard thing to do they do wiggle they move around so people do they don't like that See, because here's the thing. The resurrection power has the power to shape us, but it can't shape us until it saves us. Okay? And it wants to shape us. It changes everything. It changes everything. When you get to know him and the power of his resurrection, life changes. Things just change. I mean, things. I mean, man, God gives us life where there's death. Gives us righteousness where there's sin. He gives us goodness where there's evil. And boy, does he give us joy where there's sorrow. See, that's the thing about it is that when you know how great it is, you want to give it away. You want to share all these things. But you just want people to know him and the power of his resurrection. You don't want them to know about him. We're not out here trying to, uh, to make conversions. We're not getting anybody to convert to anything. I want to get you born again. I'm, I'm, I want births. You get born again, you know, glory to God, it changes you. We want you to go from death to life. We don't want you to make a decision. Glory to God, we want you to get born again. We want to get your life changed. We want you to go from death to life. That something supernatural happens on the inside of you. Amen. That's what God wants. God's desire is he wants this so, so very, very much because God's desire is to shape us. And that's where we're at. That's where we're living here on the earth. Because why? God's leading us from faith to faith, from strength to strength, and from glory to glory. Hallelujah. And if Paul said that was his greatest goal, his greatest desire, was to know the Lord Jesus Christ and to know the power of his resurrection. And that's why everywhere he went, he demonstrated power. Amen? He totally did. He went and demonstrated power. It was amazing. It was amazing. It was an amazing thing. You know, but what is, how's God trying to shape us? How does resurrection power shape you? When you get a hold of the resurrection power, we get a hold of really, truly knowing God. Yeah. 
really truly knowing, and knowing the power of, of his resurrection, it totally changed. You don't do the things you used to do. Amen? You just don't. You just don't have the want to. Amen? And you know I rob as many banks as I want to. Amen? I mean, if you look at it, Pastor, that's just weird. we are talking about? You mean you want to rob banks? No, I don't want to rob any banks. I, I have, have never had a desire. I don't go when I go into to the bank to do things. Or do, I don't ever think about, uh, should I rob this place? I don't go in as what they used to say. I'm not going in casing the joint, making sure. Okay, here's idea. I'm not watching it. I'm just going in to do to, to make my deposit or to withdraw. One of the two things, you know. That's what I'm doing. And we look at this and we think, you know, we always get around trying not to do things. If we'll do what we know to do, who cares about what we don't know to do? Or what, if you do the do's of the Bible, you don't have to worry about the don'ts. It'll change it. But God wants us. Why? What's the thing about it? He wants to shape us by his lifestyle. One of the things that we have right now, and this is what we have in the whole world, is that everything is questioned. Everything is totally, well, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's right. Nobody even knows what truth is. And we don't know who's telling us the truth. We don't know if this, you know, because we know we've got the internet, so we know all things because we can Google this and we can Google that. And they know everything. And, you know, they're getting their information from natural means. They're getting their information from history. They're getting their information about what all's going on around. I'm so glad I'm getting my information from the Holy Ghost. I'm getting my information from what God says. You you have a choice. Everybody has something that they're adhering to. Everybody does. Everybody has something that they're they're going, they're they're leading their life by from what they heard or how they were raised. And I just chose to lead my life by the word of God. And oh, what a life. Oh, what joy. Oh, what peace. That doesn't mean that tests and trials don't come. doesn't mean that you don't have to face things. It just simply means, thank God, I don't face them by myself. And I don't face them with this attitude of about, oh, why is this happening to me? Uh, with an attitude of, oh, it just seemed hopeless. Uh, what am I going to do? I face him with an attitude of faith. Hallelujah. I face it with an attitude of glory to God. God said no weapon formed against me can prosper. He didn't say it wasn't going to be formed. He just said it can't prosper. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, everybody lies about it. Everybody says that I'm crazy. Everybody says that you can't do this. Everybody says all these things. Hallelujah. I get to condemn them. I get to take authority over their words. I get to say, yeah, you can just all say what you want to, but my God is going to meet and supply all of my name. My God's going to come through. He's going to do it people say well that's just coincidence i'm so glad that i always have coincidence i'm so glad i'm always at the right place at the right time because of what god says because i trust him he said that he ordered my steps the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the lord and he said that he gave me his righteousness amen hallelujah he who knew no sin was made sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of god in christ jesus God and I are in right standing. He's not mad at me. Isn't it wonderful the day that you found out God wasn't mad at you? Everybody take a sealer right there. See, I grew up in church, okay? That's a dangerous place to grow up. It's a dangerous place to be when you grow up in church. You know, unless it's the right church or a good thing. And I thank God for it because that's the church I got saved in. But boy, did they preach hell hot and God was going to make you a greasy spot right there. I mean, you know, because you sinned and we sinned all the time. So it's like, you're just going to get nailed. And so, you know, I wore out my rededicator. And, uh, but I thought God did everything. 
Man, I didn't really know anything about the devil. <laughs> you know, I really didn't until, hallelujah, not only did I know him, and the only thing, the power of the resurrection, I knew about him saving me, and I knew that power, but I didn't know about the power of shaping me. I didn't know that I had rights and privileges. I didn't know that there was an enemy arrayed against me. I didn't know that, you know, the devil was doing it. I didn't know that he was the one that was causing all these things there. Amen? But boy, when I found out, exactly. I I got off that roller coaster. You've been on a roller coaster up and down and all around. You don't know which way you're going. Hallelujah. And you're just glad when it stops. Some of you, you just, that's the way your life's been. You love roller coasters because that's what keeps you what you do. And I, I'm not, I, I like roller coasters because I know they're going to end. <laughs> Hallelujah. But uh, the key is, is that what that does, what does it do? It gives you the boldness. Gives them the boldness to say, no, I'm going to live this way. I'm going to act this way. Why? Because that's the way God's way. See, we live in a society that nobody wants to do things God's way. They think their way is better. They think their way is better. God said a lot of things about the way he created men and women, the way he created the earth. God said that these are his laws. Amen? Hallelujah. You do realize that, you know, until the Ten Commandments came down with Moses there, it said, thou shalt not kill, that it was okay to kill. It wasn't okay to kill. It wasn't okay to kill at all. Remember when Cain killed Abel? Did God like that? No, God comes out and says, hey, your brother's blood's crying out to me. You're in trouble. I mean, it was wrong from the beginning, and yet guys still did it. They kept doing it, and there was no consequences until. Amen? Until. Hallelujah. Thank God for the word of God that came. Thank God for it, because it gives us a boldness in the ways of God. It gives us a boldness in our righteousness. It gives us a boldness in truth. Isn't it amazing how many people, well, how do you know? I've had this asked me so many times, and, and recently too. Well, how do you know that what you're preaching is the truth? And I tell them, because that's what the Word of God says. I said, I choose to live my life by the Bible. So this is truth to me. And the crazy thing is, it's truth to God. He's the creator, and this truth works. Amen. This truth brings peace. It brings joy. Amen. See, what happens, now you got to believe it. you got to take hold. See, that's the resurrection power. Nothing works in the word of God except by faith. Isn't it amazing? God put us all on the same playing field so that nobody could say, well, they hit it better than me. They got it better because, you know, they don't want to tell about their, you know, all their problems, all their ancestries, all their different things, all how bad their family is and all this kind of crazy stuff. You know, all of us got a bunch of nuts, fruits, and flakes in our families, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. Us included, and they probably say the same thing about us. You know, you know, you are probably the family member everybody talks about when they get together, because you're saved, okay, and you're this person. You know, I'm the one everybody talks about. I'm the I'm the preacher, okay. So I'm the one. Uh, now, what do we invite him to? We can't invite him to this because we want to have fun, and he he'll, he'll say that's not fun. And you know, so you gotta you know you gotta weigh things out here, okay? Hallelujah, you know. And uh, which never bothers me though, because praise God, hallelujah, I have my own fun, you know, but we are that, you know, but that's the thing about what transpires, hallelujah, because see, remember what I said, Paul said, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection, amen, God's desire for us, and it really is for us, 
first thing that he wants to manifest in your life to shape you, hallelujah, is because he wants the faith of Christ to rise up that you actually believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is your Savior, and that you are born again right now, that if you died, you would make heaven. You don't have to wait and see. Well, only Christ can determine that. No, you can determine that right now by believing what Christ said in his word. Amen? If you, you know, you can. You can determine. Say, yeah, but what if I, well, we know if you can walk away, you can walk away. But you still determined where you're going. You determine your relationship. You determine how much power. God doesn't determine that. God's already done it. God's already raised you up. God's already raised up Jesus. God's already done. We're the ones that determine how much faith in the Lord Jesus Christ we have. We're the ones that determine how much of Christ we want to be, how much we want him to shape us and to mold us and to make us. And listen, folks, time is so short. We need to continue to allow him to do that. Amen. We totally need to do that because he wants to manifest the things there. And when you have that faith, hallelujah, that changes everything. Because what that faith brings, that faith brings a compassion. Because God wants his compassion to flow through the body of Christ. Because how many of you know it takes faith to love people? Don't turn to your neighbor. Don't turn look around. Golly, they, they don't want you to know that. Don't be pointing people out. These people here are precious. These are all awesome folks here. Come on. That's when usually husbands and wives look at each other and like, yeah, no, be nice. It's not a marriage conference right now. Work on that later. It's a kiss of compassion. <laughs> God wants us to have compassion. Jesus was moved with compassion. Power came. See, faith in God's love. Why? Faith works by love. And it's that compassion that we... Why do we want to reach out? Why don't we have our own little bless me group? Why don't we just go, hey, you know, we're saved. Let's keep it to ourselves. Let's just have fun over here. Let's just believe God. He'll just take care of us. Look at all. Look at they don't know. But if you truly get saved, it's like, oh, they just need to know. They need to know. Let's help them. Let's do this. You know, why do we reach out when we hear about things that like happened in the Ukraine or, and stuff that happened? We reach out. We sow. We give because we have compassion. We have a love for the brothers and sisters around the world. We have a love for folks. We have, it's that, and that's where the power follows. But we have faith in Christ to know that glory to God, if we honor God and we have let the love of God flow through us, God will always meet our needs. Amen? See, God wants to manifest his faith in you. He wants to manifest his compassion in you. And glory to God, he wants to manifest his resurrection power in you. He wants you to be conduits of his glory and his power to everybody you come in contact with. That they meet you, they never forget you. And hopefully in the good way, not the wrong way, okay? That they remember it. And you know what? There's a heart that's there. There's a life that's there. There's a love that's there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And when you pour out that love, you pour out that resurrection power, God does good things. He really, really does. And he wants that in you. He really does. He so much does. Thank God that we've been raised up together with him. You know, I share that a lot, but people will look at you like, well, what do you mean? What, how big deal if we're raised up spiritually? Do you know, it is a really, really, really big deal. You do realize the house you're living in, which is that flesh, if you pinch yourself, slap yourself, that is going to die and decay, right? You're going to get a new one of those. 
Now, you got to take care of this one because it's the only earth suit you got to stay here that we can have fun with, okay? But, you know, the real you is that guy and that person that li- on the inside of you. That's the real you. That's the person on the inside of you that, that gets to go to heaven. See, that's why people get all caught up. You're like, well, what about the rapture? Because the rapture is not mentioned in the Bible. There's a great catch in a way that it talks about in First Thessalonians there that we're going to get to be caught up in the, with the Lord in the air. How are they talking about the church? It's going to be wonderful. And don't you know that's going to be exciting? That's going to be a resurrection day. That's going to be awesome. That when this corruption puts on incorruption, it's going to be fun. Hallelujah. There's going to be a whole lot of shouting going on when that transpires and takes place. But the key is, people say, well, but what about... It? No, when people die, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be where? Present with the Lord. It's your spirit. Hallelujah. Hey, the only person in heaven that actually have a body is two, three actually. You know, one is Jesus. Amen. The other one is Enoch. Hallelujah. And the other one else is Elijah. Hallelujah. And then they're going to come back. Hallelujah. Elijah and Enoch because they're the only ones with the body. We know that the angel fought for Moses' body. We don't know where he put it, but we know that Moses did die and his body was taken. So we don't know exactly. That's why there's this big thing about is it going to be Moses? Is it going to be one of these other guys here? You know, And uh, coming back as the two witnesses that get... But those two bodies are going to come back. The only ones that didn't die that we know of is Enoch and Elijah. So they got to come back as the witnesses so they can die. And so Jesus' body is the only one that's ever... His is going to only have the human body. We're all going to get glorified bodies. Why we're talking about this right now, I have no idea. <laughs> you to catch yourself sometimes. I don't even know how we got there. Somebody did something. All right, let's back up here. Come on. Don't be pulling that way. What are you guys doing? Stop. It's probably the person next to you. Slap. No, don't slap them. You don't, don't do that. <laughs> got me all flustered I don't even know where I'm at no I do I know exactly where I'm at it's the resurrection power of Christ sometimes those little journeys help us a little bit there but this hallelujah God's heart God's promise and let's, let's bring this to a close let's, 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 let's finish his desire is to let us know and understand that man he's his power to raise us up. He's already raised us up spiritually and he's about to raise us up physically. Hallelujah. See, because, you know, the rapture of the church is a physical, res- you know, resurrection, not a spiritual one. Hallelujah. So you need to understand that. That's when your body, ugly old body here, gets to be a pretty body. Gets a new one. Amen. Without spot or blemish. It's going to be fun. Hallelujah. And that's what's going to happen to the church. And all those that have died before, their bodies are going to raise first. Hallelujah. And they're going to meet themselves. And then we get to be raised. So you get to understand that. You get to allow God to be God. And it changes our lives. And the reason being is because we need to know how great that day is going to be. How wonderful that day is going to be. But thank God for God's presence, his power, and his provision right now. Let's bow our heads for us at the moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you and we love you. Thank you, Father, for these amazing, amazing folks that are here. I just thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy. And I thank you, Father, for the Spirit of God that touches lives. Lord, God so loved the world. You loved us so much that you sent your son, Jesus. And you said that if we would believe on him, hallelujah, we would not perish, but he would have an everlasting life. Father, Paul said if we would believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, we would be saved. 
Many times people ask, what am I going to be saved from? Well, you're going to be saved from hell. Hallelujah. Because if you don't take Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're not going to make heaven. Hallelujah. But also you're going to be saved from yourself. You're going to be saved, hallelujah, from yourself, not allowing yourself to destruct you. Glory to God, because you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. Hallelujah. And so, Father, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed right now, for all these that are here and all those that are watching, Father God, if there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, they don't know him and they don't know the power of his resurrection, and they want to today. They want to know Jesus. They want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of their lives. Or, Father, if there's those that are here that have fallen away from God, they need to come back. They need how to come back and say, Lord Jesus, I need to rededicate my life. I know, Father, I I humorously say that, humorously say that about taking out my rededic or wearing out my rededic, but I'm so glad that every time you you touched my heart, every time I felt convicted, I ran. I ran to you, and I asked you for forgiveness, and I ran to you, and you loved me each and every time. Father, I honor you for that, and I thank you for it. Thank you, Father. With every head bowed, every act, and if you're here, this is not to embarrass, this is about, this is not joining our church, this is about being part of the body of Christ. This is about truly saying, you know what, I want my life to change. And so if you're here and, and you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life or you're here and you know you need to come back to God, you need to, he said, you know what, I need to do that. Just raise your hand. Let's pray. Let me pray for you. Let's let God touch your life. Let's change your life. Let's be the greatest day of your life. Hallelujah. Because that's what it's all about. Amen. That's what it's all about. All about, all about, all about. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God is so good at all of you watching. Anyway, because we do this. It goes everywhere. You know, don't think and say, well, I'm going to wait till later. Don't think, well, I think I'm okay. Listen, don't think you're okay. Know you're okay. Know you're okay. Know you're okay. It's a very simplistic thing. It's just simply saying, Lord Jesus, I love you. And I thank you. And I believe that you came, that you lived, that you died, and that you died for me. And you forgive me of all my sins. And you cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. And when you mean that and when you say that from your heart and you honor God and you truly do that, something happens in your life. Something changes. Something changes. Hallelujah. You go from death to life. There's something changes. You become a new person in Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you for this day. I know that as we go from here, we're going to go to family gatherings. We're going to go and have wonderful times with our, with our kids and, and all those that are around us. Father, let the love of Christ flow forth to each and every one. Father, just let Jesus be glorified in every gathering. Father, my heart's cry, my heart's desire is that we would know Jesus and that we would know the power of his resurrection. And when we know that, our lives are changed. Father, we've given out so much information. and so, But let the truth be penetrated to the hearts of the hearers. So precious, so vast. Let everyone know how much they're loved. How much they're loved. Father, my heart's cry is that, that how much they're loved. So, Lord, be glorified and magnified. We thank you for this day. Not only those that are here, but all those that are watching too. Father, thank you that Jesus is alive. He is risen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We serve a risen Savior. Hallelujah. And so, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. For the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Hallelujah. For being our Savior, being our Lord. Hallelujah. We just honor you today. We thank you for it now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen.